0: to another episode of the Burning Bird. I'm Steve Leinert. I'll be doing the color commentary for the Phoenix on AUDL.TV when the season starts. I'm joined by my best friend in quarantine, Alexander Shaggy Shragus. Shaggy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well.
1: Uh, I'm under my blanket. And I feel like I just got a promotion to best friend. That's pretty good.
0: Shaggy, I've talked to you more in the last three weeks than I've talked to any other human being on the face of the earth, so that has propelled you into the echelon of best friend in quarantine.
1: Oh, nice. I I like that. I feel like it's easier to be my best friend if you don't have to ever look at me,
0: too. (laughs) (laughs) We, We are joined in this episode by James Pollard. James, welcome to the Burning Bear. Thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Now today would have been a tough day for us to do this interview because it would have been the Phillies home opener, and I never missed the Phillies home opener, and it's something that's breaking my heart today. I have my Phillies hat on, despite that they're not playing. Are you guys baseball fans? Do you are, are you are you missing? I mean, I know you're. I know Shaggy's missing sports, but today's like a day that signaled. To me, the start of spring, we'd go down and get some mixed roast beef down in South Philly, and we'd roll over to the stadium, and we'd walk around and have a good time just taking in what, what is a beautiful spring day. Instead, we're all stuck at home.
1: I'm not a baseball person at all.
0: I know that uh, <laughs> when when
1: I was a child, I was a Mets fan. I'm sure that is a big disappointment to uh, a lot of well, listeners. That'll ruin anybody experience right there. It's true. That might be why now. I don't care at all for baseball. I don't know. James, do you like baseball at all?
2: Yes, I do. Big St. Louis Cardinals fan.
0: Well, who's your team there, James?
2: St. Louis Cardinals.
0: Oh, my goodness. Why is that?
2: I I was born in St. Louis.
0: Oh, okay. I I thought you were from Virginia because that's where you went to high school. No. Did you move around a lot? I moved
2: from – I was born in St. Louis and then moved to Virginia in 2004. So I was about seven when I left St. Louis, but still claim St. Louis is home.
0: St. Louis is a
1: good baseball town, man. Oh, yeah. Were you a Rams fan, too? Yes, still am. Still a Rams fan. Oh, nice. Even even after they moved back to L.A.? Yes. Oh, I guess. That's reasonable.
0: If the Eagles move, we're done. I'm breaking up on them. <laughs> All right, so – so the AUDL on Twitter had a tweet this week that said, uh, "If only," and it it was a it was a Madden-esque cover of a video game that said AUDL 2020, and it had a few of these stars on the cover from the AUDL. Anyway, if the AUDL came out with a video game, like you know how have the the teams are ranked and the players all have rankings in the in these video games, where would the Phoenix rank? And who would be the top three players?
1: So, first of all, before you uh before you get into this at all, the AUDL did not make that image. The Montreal Royale made that image. And the reason that's important is because all those players on it are all Montreal Royale players.
0: Um, so they're not for, thank you for correcting me because I'm no looking at look too close, but okay. So they're all Montreal Royale players. But the point yeah. is the point is being, what if there there was an AEDL video game. Where would the Phoenix rank, and who would be the highest-ranked players on the team?
1: Well, for starters,
0: I think that I would be at odds
1: with most of uh, the the community, the people that put these games together, because I would put the Phoenix ahead of uh, every team from the Midwest except for the Alley Cats. I'd have them ahead of every team from the West, and I'd have them ahead of everybody – from last year's uh, Atlantic Division, except for Raleigh and Dallas, I have them third in the East. So they would be, let's see, that's New York and DC, Raleigh, Dallas, and Indy. So I'd have them sixth, the sixth highest-rated team overall.
0: That's 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 fair. I think that's pretty fair. I would I would have them maybe a little lower. I would put a West Coast team. Uh, who was it? Was it the Aviators that went to the playoffs last year for them, or uh, out of, out of the West? Or who was the uh, Western Division champion? It's escaping me
1: last year. I'm not gonna help you because I think the fact that you can't remember speaks to my uh points that the Phoenix are
0: better than them. Just just because I don't remember doesn't mean it's that makes them better. But uh, yes, you should help me here, Shag. I mean, you should help me in all instances. Thank you. You're. Your best friend's status is starting to slide tremendously here. My
1: guess is that it was the L.A. Aviators, but it was L.A. and San Diego were the two teams that went to the playoffs last year from the West.
0: Right. Okay, so you're saying that Phoenix is better than both of those teams?
1: Yeah, by a large margin. The Phoenix played defense. The whole Western division last year didn't play defense.
0: James, what do you think?
2: I think that's fair – Like the one thing that I've noticed is we haven't played a lot of cross divisional games and the East is always really, really competitive with New York and DC. So I've always been curious of where we actually stand if we played some of these other teams.
0: You're going to have your chance this year, my friend, if the season starts. How do you think the team is going to fare in the uh, new Atlantic division?
2: I I think we should definitely be pushing for playoff spot. and We definitely, uh, have the intensity for, on defense. People are bought in. We're ready to go for it.
1: Let's say there was like a – obviously, I think if there was a franchise mode, I'd choose the Phoenix. But let's say there was a, a my player mode, but not the way my player is in uh, 2K, the way that it is in the old Madden games where you pick a player and you go forward with them. Who do you think you would choose off the Phoenix games? Would you choose yourself?
2: I'd pick <laughs> one player from the Phoenix? Uh, That you
1: you get to, like, play out their whole career. So while it would be fun to play a desert for a season, you might not want to play out the rest of his career going forward.
2: (laughs) Ooh, if I didn't pick myself, I'd probably go with Sean Mott or uh, Nard.
1: Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. I don't know. Steve, who would you pick? Who would your uh, players be off of Phoenix?
0: My top three rated players off the finish would definitely be uh, Sean Mott, uh, Eric Gardelli, and then I'd go with Mike Arcata. Mm-hmm.
1: I think you were always going to put Arcata in there. He <laughs> was your former
3: quarantine <laughs>
0: friend. Hey, I'm, I'm taking friendship aside here as a professional podcaster here, and I'm looking at I'm looking at things totally objectively, and I'm thinking Mike is one of the top three players on the finish right now.
1: Yeah, it's, that's reasonable. It's also interesting. There's been a lot of turnover these last two years. James, maybe you know more about it than than we do. But I'm wondering how many of these new guys, by the by the time we've watched some of these games,
2: will end up on this list. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of some of the younger guys play uh, during club season. Like Nate Little, for one, was on Citywide this past year. He's going to be really good. He's still really young though, but he's going to be really good. Nice. Well, maybe you'd want to choose him then because then you have the most
1: time, right? His yeah. career is going to be super long at this point. Well,
0: all right, so James, let's, uh, let's delve into your career here for a little bit. Uh, how did you get introduced to Ultimate? When, when did you first start playing and then how did all that come about?
2: So I think I played one time during gym class in high school, just one of those random units that, they teach you, like, new sports, new rules, played it, thought it was interesting. And when I was applying to schools, I looked to see if there was club teams And because I played uh, tennis for Philadelphia University. I was on D2 scholarship. So I didn't even – I was doing it to stay in shape for tennis at first and then fell in love with it.
0: Uh, what was your first ultimate experience like?
2: My first tournament was, it was a one-day fall tournament that we dressed up for. Played with some really good players because some of the alum played with us. So, like, Alicia Dixon was playing with us, which was the only time I've ever played with her, which I want to play with her more. And Matt Michelson played with us. A lot of Philly people will know that name. So, that was my first one, and then... I only played two tournaments that year. I played that one and then the second day of sectionals. Because since I played tennis, that overlapped a lot.
0: Gotcha. I guess. Got now, how did you how did you uh, how did you come to go from trying out or playing for Philly U in a fall tournament where you dressed up and had a good time versus uh, playing on a on a team with uh, such high expectations and such a uh, serious level as the Phoenix.
2: I think just the uh, people around me at the time. My freshman year, like I said, like I played with Alicia Dixon. She convinced me to go try out for AMP that following uh, summer, which I did, even though I wasn't staying in Philly. Matt Michelson was one of the main alumni that was always around. So he always pushed me and gave me tips early on so I would – be a better player as I was young because I was just raw and athletic and had no skills, couldn't throw yet. So we'd just go to the end zone, catch it, dish it to a handler, go back downfield. So just being around those players and them like, Oh, you should try out for Phoenix or you should try out for this team.
0: Being being six foot five definitely helps with that, I just, I I would have to imagine. You just you just haul down, uh, just a little bit. I've seen you haul down more than your fair share of fifty-fifty balls. That's for sure. <laughs> so is that? Would you say that jumping is your forte, or are you more? Uh, are you more? Do you consider yourself more of a puller now?
2: Ooh, I, ooh, tough question. Now jumping's definitely still my forte. I work on that a lot with uh, Greg Martin. I work out with uh, the gym he trains at. So most of those videos where I'm just doing crazy box work, it's all Greg, Greg Martin. So I added six inches from last year to this year in my approach vert.
0: And uh, and you can you could uh, you could dunk a basketball prior to that, right? Yes. So now you added six inches to that vertical. To to uh, are you like hitting your head on the rim now? Is that what's happening or?
2: I don't know, I've never tried I've never tried to see if I would hit my head on the room. Mainly because <laughs> that would just be very bad for me if I did.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: uh, that it was that was that was meant to be a joke. I apologize. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we spent
1: um uh, I used to live in a house with a couple of frizzy players and we spent a lot of time trying to see if we could hit our heads on the ceiling fan. Um, which was dumb at the time. And now, looking back on it, it seems even dumber. So I can speak to uh, how much it would hurt to smack your head on something. <laughs>
0: was, was, was the ceiling fan on, Shaggy?
1: No. The, the dream was to play head tetherball with the ceiling fan, where you would head it one way and the other person would head it back to you. Uh, but we never quite got to that stage.
0: What kind of roommates did you have? <laughs> Mike Arcata,
3: actually, was one of them. <laughs>
0: Dude, like this, this, is stuff people are thinking about doing now during quarantine. And Shaggy, you don't know how ahead of the curve you were. People were looking at their ceiling fans, going, "Let's play some tetherball." Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly same same rational thought.
1: It's true. I've always considered myself ahead of the curve on
0: uh,
1: <laughs> hurting myself for the sake of Philly game.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, so, uh, James, it says here that Le- 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 LeBron James is one of your uh, favorite athletes because he gives back to the community so much, and you're a big community and family guy. What are some of your uh, community projects that you like to take part in?
2: Uh, so when I was in when I was in high school, I uh, volunteered at the uh, food bank down here in uh, Richmond, Virginia. So I did that for I think three, four years, maybe all of high school. And now I got into coaching. I, I graduated 2018, and in fall of 2018, I started coaching at a uh, UPenn, helping the uh, next generation of ultimate players come up. I do a lot of the uh, Phoenix camps and clinics that they do throughout the year. So I did most of those clinics with uh, Mike Arcata during the summer, helping these really young kids learn the sport and develop skills. All
0: right. And uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Uh, Do you you have a big family, or uh, what's 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 that like? That's good. I got
2: two twin sisters that are forty-one. I've got a uh, older brother that's thirty. I that got married last year, and then there's me. I'm the I'm the youngest. They they like to call me, but I am the tallest.
3: <laughs>
0: so <yeah. laughs> so uh, you you've turned into a to quite a polar. How do you Thank think you. that? that um, how do you think that those uh, poles affect the game? What is it uh, What is it about making the team go that extra distance to get the, to score a goal? Uh, what, do, what do you think that means to the defense?
2: Oh, it definitely, it definitely helps a lot. I think pulling is an underrated aspect of the ultimate game. If you can – I'd rather float the disc inbound and leave it 10 yards short of the end zone and have our whole defense standing there waiting for it to come down than – Throw a line drive to the back of the end zone that they get four passes off and in the flow to start.
1: So you're you're more interested in loft rather than length, at least as far as the pulls are concerned.
2: Yes, it's that it's easier on club field. It's hard on the AEDL field with that 10 extra yards. So sure. I've been working on it's fine balance of height and distance combined.
1: What do you – uh? if you had to add something right now to your poll, would you add an extra 10 yards or an extra, you know, two-tenths of a second, two, three-tenths of a second?
2: Because
1: cause right now you're – I mean, if you added a half second to your pull, you'd be the the one of the best pullers in the league. Like, that's the gap between the best puller in the league and, and where you're at now.
2: Yeah, I think definitely more time to my pull would definitely be a little bit yeah. better for the team. Also been having a lot of really fast D line cutters that oh, love sure. to run down on pulls.
3: Yeah,
0: good point. <laughs> now, now James, James, you you and I spoke a little bit about this in in, in the past. If you're gonna be on, if you're gonna be pulling, Uh-oh. that means you're gonna be on defense. Uh, when, are you, when, when are we going to start seeing these monster like uh, pterodactyl like layout blocks coming from you? When, when are you going to start hitting the dirt there for?
2: Hopefully very soon. Hopefully this season. That's the plan. Alright,
0: because we would uh, like if if you start getting layout blocks, the whole league is, their eyes are going to pop out of their skull. <laughs> that, 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 that's something I would love to see you add, to, add to your game for sure. So it seems like that you and Mr. Arcada have a Instagram feud going back and forth a little bit <laughs> um, uh, about with it, with your workout videos, which is kind of interesting to watch, especially during the quarantine going on. When are we going to see a toss up challenge, toss up push up challenge from you and uh, talk? You want to talk about how you try to one up each other?
2: So I. I put I post I ended up posting the toss up push up challenge I think like two days after he first put it out I think I got like four four full push ups in definitely could have gotten more in I'm working I'm working on a new challenge to put out there to Instagram
1: Yo what and is that
2: of course else about that obviously it's gonna involve pulling <laughs> it I I tried it the other day but. It wasn't windy enough. I'm working on a catch your own pole. Oh wow! But at like a distance of like has to go at least like 60 yards. Sure, something like that. I mean, just you know, just for distance, period. That's that's that'd be really impressive. <laughs> yeah, that would
0: be that would be very impressive. Like there, there was um, a, a long time Pata member that passed away a couple of years ago named Don Sauce Keane and he he uh, he actually held the guinness book of world records for maximum time aloft which is essentially what you are are going for there james where he would throw the disc up in the air and he would have to run and catch it before it hit the ground and whoever had the most time in the air maximum time aloft won the tournament and he had a he got he he would he would sit there and tell the story all the time how his, his disc Caught this gust of air and just went straight up in the in the sky and just hovered there and all he had to do was run down underneath of it and uh and clap catch it and it was uh, it was I, I I forget how long it was but don soft kane uh was the guy that held this held this record so uh it's funny that you're going for a catch your own pole uh <laughs> a challenge because it's something that would be uh eerily reminiscent of, uh, of maximum time of loss.
1: James, how far do you think right now you could catch your own pull? What's your distance at?
2: Uh, that's tough. It depends on the conditions. Like I said, I did it the other day. only had, like, less than five mile an hour, and I just I couldn't get to it. I went fast enough. I think it's a little bit windier today down here in Virginia, so I think I'm going to give it a shot after this. Hopefully get to, like, 60 yards oh man are you what's your strategy here
1: or I, I don't want you to give any information to uh Mike so we won't tell' him until the podcast comes out but are you uh do you are you trying to throw a trade or are you trying to like give it a good i o maybe give get some time that way
2: oh definitely good
1: i
0: o oh. don't
1: know <laughs> that's, that's, to the go he's, giving
0: the, he's giving up the he's given up the trick.
1: Well, I'm sure James will knock it out of the park before before this drops on Tuesday, so Oh yeah,
2: definitely. That's the plan.
0: <laughs> Shaggy, Shaggy, should we talk about your uh your toss up push up challenge that you posted on Twitter? Or should we, yeah. should we leave that alone? Well, I would just like to quickly say that I was not really going
1: for anything. I just wanted to put something out there. And uh, Mike and I were doing it at the art museum, and it was a lot of takes. And so you're seeing, like, push-ups, you know, 50 to 53. So if they're a little uh, loose on the push-up
0: form, that's, I'm okay with that. <laughs>
1: 50 to 53 is
0: the tough push-up set to do, you know? I was I was going to say it looked like your arms were made of rubber, and it looked like you were a hump in the ground there, buddy. <laughs> where, I'll take it. <laughs> Those it's just about, just oh, about doing words. it, you know? Not about. That's true. That's I, I, I over cap, I tip my cap to the effort. How about that? Thank you.
1: Yeah. You, you, right. you, do, you do this. You toss up push ups.
0: No! I'm not going to try something I can't do. <laughs> uh, why would I do that? You know no, what I mean?
2: Would, why would you do something you can't do? Hey!
0: Come on! <laughs> Oh, uh, my word. All right, uh, Shag, you got anything for your Mr. Pollard?
2: Oh,
1: you know it. Jim, so you were, uh, you were a pretty prolific tennis player. I mean, you went to college for tennis. Do you still get to play now?
2: Not as much as I want to. I've been trying to get into it a little bit more, though. Have you
1: found anybody on the team that will play you in tennis? I
2: haven't asked. I don't. I don't know if anyone's good enough. It would be worth my time. Ooh. Wow. Who, who wow. do you think
1: might be? Who do you think might have the best shot on the team? Oh,
2: uh, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough. I um. So I'm telling you, it'd be
0: Christina. Christina's pretty good at tennis. I um, <laughs> I think she would have the best chance. <laughs> so <laughs>
1: when I went to school, um. When I went to UConn, our, our puller on the team also happened to have been a tennis player uh, that stopped playing for UConn for various reasons but picked up ultimate instead. Um, do you think that, that, like, your tennis background has added to your ability to pull a disc so well at all? Yes.
2: I, th- I think tennis is one of the best sports to cross over to ultimate as far as throwing form goes. But like- Why? It's very, it's very similar as far as like if you're hitting a backhand in tennis, you're stepping with your. I'm right-handed, so I'll step with my right foot forward, and then I can turn and get my hips through as I, as I swing, which is what you want to do for ultimate. You got to get your hips through to get where you generate all your power. Hmm. Oh, well, I guess that would make perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Shaggy, when, when you're when you're hitting a forehand in tennis, it's the same motion as you're
1: throwing your flick. I yeah, that I am correct. not a good tennis player. I
0: used to play tennis with my
1: grandmother. I was five and she was like eighty, so it was not a great tennis game. But <laughs> that's my experience with the sport. So I, I wouldn't know if it helped me at all for frisbee. But that's pretty cool that um that you can translate the backhands and forehands in, in tennis to frisbee. That would make sense. James, I end up getting to the games pretty early. I'm usually there an hour or two ahead of time to help set things up. And last year I got there um, early, and I was in charge of portioning out the jerseys that had been ordered. And I must have taken out, like, 15 or 20 James Pollard jerseys. I I feel like you got more jersey orders than anyone at the at the place. And I feel like also whenever I say your name um when I'm announcing, you always get a big cheer. Do you bring a lot do you bring a lot of people to the game or was it just that happened
2: to have been the one game when that happened? Uh, that might have been one game. I mean yeah, it was probably one game. Probably had a bunch of uh Philly U people there so they were cheering extra hard. That's pretty cool. Do you think
1: it'll be easier for them to come to the games now that it's in South Philly instead of at uh
0: Kachin?
2: Definitely, It'd be easier right. for everyone.
0: Have you <laughs> checked out the new stadium yet, James? I
2: have. We have we have what, one what are practice your, there.
0: What what are your thoughts on it down there?
2: I love it. I think it's a great location. Easy easy access, so just easy to get extra fans that didn't have a car before or didn't want to take the train all the way to Conshohocken. It's a great location.
0: How does it compare to Conshohocken?
2: Uh, I mean, the big difference is it's. Turf, not grass, so we won't have those random cancellations because of rain, which was really annoying as a player.
0: All right. Well, no more, no more rain cancellations. Uh, None of the Phoenix snow to be right with thunderstorms.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know. Yeah. This what is it? And this coming weekend would have been opening day for the uh for the Phoenix I believe right
1: um uh, definitely for the league I'm not sure for the league
0: yeah that's right DC and, uh DC and Raleigh where we're going to play that's right um well i mean the, we're we're doing our best to keep them. everyone involved on social media uh Twitter Facebook Instagram trying to fill the sports void in the area for Shaggy, And for James Pollard, I'm Steve Leinert. We'll be right back.
1: Head on over to AUDL.TV and pick yourself up a subscription to watch all of the AUDL games throughout the season, including your Philadelphia
0: Phoenix. Watch your Philadelphia Phoenix take on the Boston Glory on Wednesday, July 1st on Fox Sports 2. Welcome back, Phoenix fans, to the second half of the Burning Bird. I'm still joined by my regular partner in crime, Alexander Shaggy Shregas. Hey, Shag, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm still here. Still, still
0: here. Still yeah. plugging along. And we are joined <laughs> We are joined in this segment by Phoenix rookie Dustin Hankin. Dustin, thanks for joining us.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: What do you think of this? Uh, how are you passing the time during this shutdown? Oof. The quarantine is a lot. I've been
3: sitting at home doing my work out in Westchester and hanging with my roommates. I try and get them to do the uh, workouts the Phoenix players Greg Martin and Ian Dietrich have provided for us. This week I got them doing a bunch of Russian twists with me, so that was pretty cool. Um, What's a what's a Russian twist? What's a Russian twist? (laughs) Uh, you sit on the ground, I grab a medicine ball or a a weight or something and just twist. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That sounds,
3: well, I mean, at least you're not lifting tires like Arcata and Pollard. Oh, yeah. I've seen Arcata do that. I, I wish I had an extra tire to drag around somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's a good,
0: that's a good point. Where did he get the tire?
3: He said so, there is are snow tires and he just keeps them in his apartment until the winter and then switches them out with his summer tires. Go
1: for him. A, he built himself a couch out of his spare tires. I was just so, going
0: to say, I was just yeah. going to say, I bet you he uses them as seats during the off season.
1: He Probably. does. He put a little some blankets and cushioning on them. So when they're not being lifted up and put down as weights, they're nice, nice, uh, nice couch, nice tire couch.
0: M- multifunctional snow tires. They double as a sectional. So, Dustin, what made you want to come out for the Phoenix this year?
3: Uh, I've actually been trying out for the Phoenix since my freshman year of college. Uh, My coach, Ken Wells, and a bunch of the older players uh, used to play for the Phoenix, and they would tell all the kids, hey, come out to tryouts, you know, to combine, to have fun, learn some things, and I would go and play. After my first year, I really loved it, and then I just kept coming back and trying out, getting better and better every time, and this was my lucky year.
0: Now, you just said that Kenny Wells was one of your coaches at Westchester there for a while. What's it like now for you to be his teammate as opposed to his player? I mean, it's
3: a lot of fun. Kenny has always been uh, one of the guys. He knew a bunch of the older guys when I was a freshman, and they would all hang out with him, and I was always welcome to join. So I've hung out with him for five, five and a half, six years now. And it's almost like playing with someone I've played with for five years. I know everything he likes and everything he doesn't like. Trust me, he's yelled at me a few times for a few of those things.
0: (laughs) We were talking before the podcast, and you mentioned how you didn't even begin to play Ultimate until your freshman year of college at Westchester. Um, what what drew you to Ultimate and what made you stick around? Yeah, so my older brother went to high school
3: with a kid that went to Westchester as well. And as soon as I told him I was going to Westchester, he said, awesome, I can't wait to see you on campus. Uh, but before then, all you have to bring in your suitcase to Westchester is a pair of cleats, a white shirt, a dark shirt, and a pair of shorts. I asked him what for and when he said Frisbee I was I had no clue what he was talking about. And when I came I got onto a pickup game with him and I loved it from there on out. Everyone was so nice, everyone was very helpful and just the community was was awesome. It was something I was hoping for as soon as I left high school.
0: What positions did you uh, did you end up uh, starting to play? for? I mean, I, I have to imagine you were a cutter to start. Oh, absolutely! I was a
3: cutter for two and a half years. I actually, my freshman year, I didn't throw a disc further than two feet. And then after that, I went to Bearproof, told them I wanted to learn how to handle, and they immediately put me in the center handler position, and I. I was scared out of my mind going into tournaments with them. And when I came back my sophomore year to college, uh, Ken Wells actually told me, I don't want you throwing up still. So, so when I told him about my summer experience, he said, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And as soon as I turned it over my first throw because of the nerves, he said, that's exactly why I don't want you throwing the disc. Go cut. <laughs> But then later on, everything, you know, worked itself out. I made a few good throws here and there, and finally they started trusting
0: me. Well, you have the prototype Cutter's body, you know what I mean? You're tall, you're lanky, you're fast. But on the Phoenix, you might be called in the duty uh, more as a handler. Uh, what, have, what have you done to make that transition to the pro game, uh, handling in a pro game, as opposed to handling for bear proof?
3: Well... So, I love handling. I've I've loved it since the the first day I had tried it. Um, just sitting back, it's kind of like being a quarterback. And I love having the field in front of me, seeing what everybody's doing and being able to make the right decision. So, Bearproof was a good starting point. Then I switched it up, joined Citywide, and I learned so much from there. The Philly program has really shaped me into the player I am today, and and I thank them for it. I love that a lot of people put some trust in me and let me make big plays when it came down to it.
1: What quarterback do you think would would do well on the Phoenix?
3: What quarterback? Like a, um, yeah, yeah. A... I don't know, because a lot of them sit back in in the pocket nowadays. I guess uh, Lamar Jackson, maybe.
1: Ooh, man. he would be, He'd be cool tough, to, tough to catch.
3: Yeah, I just wonder how well they are at throwing a frisbee.
0: I don't know. I like I like Kyler Murray as a uh, as an ultimate frisbee handler. Okay,
1: sure. Nick Foles plays a lot of ultimate.
0: He big, does uh, play a lot of ultimate. This is
1: true. You a couple of years ago. You uh,
0: you went to Central Dolphin High School in Central PA. Um, you, you said you played a lot of rec sports. Was ultimate not available at your school, or was it just something that you just never got into? I don't think it was a
3: part of any of the people I knew. Um, I actually, my freshman year in college, I found out one of the kids in the grade or two below me started a Frisbee program there, and they tried going out and playing against local schools in our area, but I had never heard of it going into freshman year of college. So I'm going to have to say I don't think it was
0: around our area then. All right, and uh, you, you mentioned you mentioned that you played for Citywide. Were you an O-line guy or a D-line guy for them?
3: I was a D-line guy for them. I love playing defense.
1: What do you like so much about playing defense?
3: I I love the uh, like the ability to shut someone down and make them throw something they don't want to throw, and then being able to work it up the field and getting a goal on them. The satisfaction is that is just amazing. It makes it makes everything so much better because the offense is supposed to score every time. So when you stop them, it just makes the whole sideline presence go crazy.
0: You said you're you're originally from Harrisburg. What's the best part about living in Westchester? Ooh, I'd say the Frisbee. There's
3: so many people around me play Frisbee. And if I called up one of my friends, I'd be able to just go throw in a park for 10 hours. Versus when I'm home, not a single person I know will throw with me. All right. Well,
0: it's not a problem now. You can't throw with anybody. <laughs>
3: I have some roommates that are stuck with me. We go in our backyard rooms 10, well. ten, twenty feet.
0: So, you, how long
3: were you in the pop program, the Philadelphia Open program? Um, I think this upcoming summer will be my fourth summer
0: with them. I've I've always been interested in the dynamic between citywide and patrol, because um, citywide for a team that's supposed to be a second team, they're very competitive with patrol. Absolutely. And I, what, what what brings that about? I think normally, just
3: the intensity we bring, and like a lot of my friends play on patrol, citywide, and Adelphos. So I know people all across the board. And when you match up against them, it's just something in that competitiveness between us that grows and makes everyone play better and better. Why can't, uh, this,
0: why can't um, Citywide do that regularly?
3: Uh, you know, I don't know. I think it's just when we match up against someone we know that we just want to show them that we're better.
0: I mean, Citywide, Citywide's a good team.
3: Citywide is a great team. I love
0: playing for them. Yeah, right. and that, And that's why... When you see them being so competitive with patrol, as as an outsider looking in, it's just an, it's just interesting because you rarely see a, a team that's supposed to be the second team in the city and the feeder team for the the top level team to be that competitive with that top level team. You know, now you, you guys finished at what fifth at regionals and and patrol finished third or something like that. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, I know. I know, I know we that.
0: finished fifth. Yeah. So... Well, I mean, when when things are that tight between the two teams, I mean, it it's just it, it provides an interesting dynamic on the outside. That's all.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think I mean, even just Citywide getting fifth, that's close enough to first for me. <laughs> I I would love to I would love to get first with Citywide next uh, next regionals. But anything within the top five, I think, is so close and. Uh, In skill, you know, it's just those little things, a turn here, a turn there, Uh, you know, a bad decision made. But I think Citywide has built up a lot these past few years that I've played with them. And each year they're trying to demonstrate how much better we are than the people above us.
0: What What was your biggest win at Westchester?
3: Our biggest win, I would say, a couple years ago at regionals, we got to... I think it was the quarters and we got to play Ohio state and leading up to that a year before we lost to them very badly just in a crossover game or something. So when we beat them 14 to 10 and got into the semifinals game, I think that was the best game that I've ever played in for Westchester. It was just such high intensity and the the love our team had for one another it was just awesome.
1: You guys probably have more Westchester people on the team than any other college. Does that mean anything to you when you're, when you were at practices, or is it just something that's true, but not something you notice so much?
3: I mean, I know a lot of the guys on the team, and to me, whatever college you come from, it doesn't matter. Everyone's out there trying to get better, but I, I love playing with, Uh, Nick DiGiorgio and Austin Lillis, you know, we went through four years of college together, got to play together there, joined Citywide together. Uh, So it's just awesome continuing to play with those two and getting to play with friends that I have from other colleges as well. It's just very interesting, and I love hearing them say, all right, Westchester boys, get out there and play, because I know they're not just talking to me.
0: Do you fancy yourself – are you going to be a D-line guy or are you going to be an O-line guy for the Phoenix?
3: I think I'm going to be a defensive player for the Phoenix. I love playing handler D, uh, getting tight and shutting them down, making them throw something they don't want to throw or hopefully getting a hand block every now and then.
0: Now the, uh, the the D-line handlers on the Phoenix this year are going to have the green light to uh, go ahead and, and yank a, a few huck for goals this year, take some deep shots. Um, is that something you're excited about?
3: Oh, absolutely!
0: I love being a hundred percent with the disc,
3: but every time you get a chance to huck it, it's just it's so great and then watching you know someone like James go up and sky everybody it's just it's intense, and it brings everybody to their feet. It's just so so much fun to be a part of
0: this being your rookie season on the Phoenix, what are your expectations for the season?
3: My expectations are to
0: make it to playoffs and
3: hopefully go. Go as far as we can, you know. I think we have a great team this year. A, a lot of new guys, a lot of veterans, and the practices we've had before the quarantine. You know, we were all we were all getting it together and getting a lot of good work in. So I'm excited. All right, Shag, you got anything? Sure,
1: I got a bunch of things, Dustin. You're a <laughs> rookie to the AUDL. What what do you think is going to be like? your breakout moment, like the next week they're going to write an article about whatever game we were in and say, now the thing you got to see from this game is when Dustin did, what do you think it's
3: going to be? Oh, I mean, I know you guys said I was tall earlier, but 5'10 isn't that tall in the AUDL. So I'm hoping something that's nice will come out of this will be a huge sky that everyone talks about or a great layout in front of or around someone. You know, just put my name out there.
0: See, I think your forte is the way you move the disc. Um, to, to be to, from the video that I've seen of you thus far, and um, I I just like the way that you make quick decisions with the disc, and and the way you move it. Um, it's it's a lot like the uh, it's, it's a lot a lot of the way that the Pensbury kids move the disc. It's a lot of the ways <laughs> the North Carolina kids move the disc, and it's uh it's for me it's. Uh, it's 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 fun to watch that type of up up tempo type of handling.
3: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I actually I attribute most everything I learned from uh, one of my great friends, Dustin Sullivan, who went to Pensbury himself. So everything I learned came from him. Former Phoenix player Dustin
0: Sullivan. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> Jag, Jag. I didn't mean to interrupt you, buddy.
1: No, it's okay. I'm impressed that you uh, you picked out Pensbury. You didn't even know <laughs> when it was, his game's modeled after a Pensbury guy.
3: Yeah, like he was there. my captain freshman year, and he was one of the best handlers on the team. And I just I wanted to be exactly like him. Everybody looked up to him, and he was one of the greats for me.
1: So Dustin might be your he might be your favorite prison player, but you said that your uh, your favorite athlete of all time is Peyton Manning. But I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure if there's really any similarity between, (laughs) you know, (laughs) defensive handlers, Dustin Hankin and uh, Peyton Manning. What would you say your favorite throw is to throw at a pretty field? A hammer.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I feel like –
0: I like you already, Dustin. I like you already,
3: man. That was the first throw I I knew how to throw going into college. That was the only thing I could throw. I couldn't throw a flick, but I could throw a hammer, so (laughs) –
1: I feel like Peyton would would be more like a, you know, 30-yard backhand to an in-cut would be a Peyton Manning throw of, uh, of choice. Are, are you saying
0: he's he's a little more conservative than Shag? I think so. <laughs> I would agree with that. <laughs> Sometimes too conservative. There is, there is such a thing. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I, I think Peyton was pretty
1: good, though, all things considered.
0: Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, he was okay. <laughs> he only led the NFL in touchdown passes all time at one point. That's that's like, you know, that's pretty okay. Light work. Yeah, you got anything else, my friends? I do have one last thing. So Dustin, in the uh
1: play responses you said that you would have to ask your girlfriend and she would say what the availability was. Did you ever manage to get back on the availability or just still <laughs> up in the
2: air?
3: It's a week by week thing. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She's great, but every once in a while, you know, I just want to hang out with her and see what, see what's
0: going on. Sure. That makes sense.
3: <laughs> well,
0: all right, Dustin. Well, thank you for joining us uh, here on uh, another episode of The Burning Bird. Yeah, thank you for having me. No, no problem, Matt. Uh, Phoenix fans, tune in on Friday for the Burning Bird Presents the Phoenix Files Game of the Week, where we feature the second home game against New York from 2019. So please stay tuned for that. For Alexander shaggy Shregis, for Dustin Hankin, I'm Steve Leinert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Burning Bird.